welcome to another C3 Church Rockingham podcast. For more information about C3 Rockingham, please visit www.c3r.org.au. If you've got a Bible this morning, turn it on or open it, whichever is your preferred way of going to the Word. And uh, I want to continue on this series called I Believe. And we're taking time out to look at what we believe. And there's a, there's a good reason for that. I know there's a scripture on our theme image behind me, that all things are possible to them that believe. Can I take you to this word though in Hebrews chapter four? Because I'm going to do my part this morning. I wonder if you will do your part. Are you ready to do your part this morning? Uh, Hebrews chapter four, it says, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. My job this morning is to preach the Gospel. My job this morning is to speak it, but your job is to mix it. Can I encourage you to get your mixer going? No, no, I'm being serious here this morning. Clearly the Word of God says that two groups of people, us and them, we are the us, they are the them. Us and them heard the Word but it had no profit in them because they didn't mix it with faith. Will you do your job this morning and mix the Word with faith? Will you do it this morning, mix it with faith? Because then it's gonna produce something in your life. I wanna take you to Exodus chapter 17 this morning. This is my topic this morning. This is the title to my message, God needs your hands. I believe this morning God needs your hands. And He doesn't just need your hands in one place or one position. He needs them in more than one. And I want to have a look at this this morning from Exodus chapter 17. While the people of Israel were still at Rephidim, the warriors of Amalek attacked them. Moses commanded Joshua, choose some men to go out and fight the army of Amalek for us. Tomorrow I will stand at the top of the hill holding the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did what Moses had commanded and fought the army of Amalek. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron and Hur climbed to the top of a nearby hill. As long as Moses held up the staff in his hand and the Israelites, the Israelites had the advantage. But whenever he dropped his hand, the Amalekites gained the advantage. Moses' arms soon became so tired he could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to sit on. They stood on each side of Moses, holding up his hands. So his hands held steady until sunset. As a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in battle. After the victory, the Lord instructed Moses, write down, This on a scroll as a permanent reminder and read it aloud to Joshua. I will erase the memory of Amalek from under heaven. Moses built an altar there and named it Yahweh Nissi, which means the Lord is my banner. He said, they have raised their fist against the Lord's throne. So now the Lord will be at war with Amalek generation after generation. Can I present to you today that we are one of those generations at war? That we are one of those generations at war with the enemy. And his name is Amalek in this portion of Scripture. 
You know, the spiritual revelation in this portion of Scripture is clear. It, it provides constant insight into the battles we face and how to win them. It also reveals key enemies we will face throughout life. Can I say to you today, God needs your hands. He needs your hands up in surrendered prayer. He needs your hands out in committed relationships. He needs your hands under in resourcing the work that God has, supporting the work of God, supporting the most important areas. And He needs your hands on so that we can win the battle. And I want to have a look at that today. You see the hill that Moses went up to, if we look at it in Scripture, it's, it's about the position of authority. It's about heaven. In fact, it's a type of eternity. Moses is a type of Christ in this story. Aaron is there in support of what Christ is doing in the moment. The, the, Aaron's name means light bringer. It's interesting when you look at the spiritual insights in this portion of Scripture, it's so powerful that Moses as a type of Christ needs Aaron and her. Aaron, the light bringer. But then you've got her, whose name literally means whole. And here's Christ on the top of the hill in heaven. The Bible says that Christ is seated in heavenly places and He forever intercedes for us. Here is Christ in eternity. On one side, you've got the light bringer. On the other side, you've just got this hole, this emptiness. You've got Joshua who's also a type of Christ. And so Christ is not just in heaven praying for us, but Christ is on the battlefield fighting with us. He's fighting with us and He's fighting through us. The place is called Amalek. The, any, the, the, the enemy is called Amalek, Amalek, the dweller in the valley, the one that will come in the low places of life and fight against us. And Rephidim is the resting place and he always trying to take away the resting place. So the spiritual insight is so powerful that, you know, we've got to understand today that Christ is in heaven ever interceding for us, but through the power of the Holy Spirit, He's also here with us, fighting with us and fighting for us. How powerful is that? And you've got to know that eternity is split there's this light on one side and this deep, dark, empty hole on the other and we've got to find ourselves on the side of light. We find in this portion of Scripture that while Moses' hands were held high, the enemy won the battle on the ground. We, we won the battle on the ground against the enemy. You've got to know this, the most important thing we can do with our hands is lift them up to God in surrendered prayer and look to Him as our ultimate source in every situation. Hands up wins wars. Our hands up is how we win wars. We win our wars. Can I say it to you this way? Because we are a people that understand we're so much about the hands on. We're so much about laying hands on for healing. But I want to tell you, you can lay your hands on as much as you want. But if you haven't had your hands up, there's going to be nothing flowing through what's going on. You've got to know this, that as we put our hands up before the Lord in surrendered prayer, that's where our power source is coming from. That's where the supply comes from. That's where we find light. God needs your hands. He needs your hands. The Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 2, in every place of worship, I want men to pray with holy hands lifted up 
to God, free from anger and controversy. That's talking about a consecrated place, a consecrated heart. In Psalm 63 in verse 4, I will praise you as long as I live, lifting up my hands to you in prayer. Psalm 88 verse 9, my eyes are blinded by my tears. Anyone been there? I think I might have been there just recently. Each day I beg for your help, O Lord. I lift up my hands to you for mercy. Can I say this to you this morning, church? Get your hands up. Get your hands up in surrendered prayer. Online, get your hands up in surrendered prayer. Why don't you do it right now? I know it's going to be just a little bit weird, but can we just be a little bit weird for a moment? Father, right now, we look to You in surrendered prayer. We want to thank You that You are our God. You are the banner over our head. And today we want to declare to You that victory comes from You. Victory is for You. And we are relying upon You as we battle out the things we've got to battle out here on earth, God. We're not prepared to do it alone. We're not prepared to do it without You. And so God, today we lift up our hands to You in surrendered prayer. Our voice You will hear in the morning. Our hands You shall see surrendered to You. In Jesus' Name. The first thing God needs us to do with our hands is to put them up. But then as we look at this, you know, and, and I've got to say this before I move on. I'm so thankful for our intercessors who just on Friday committed to hold a prayer watch for 24 hours. And for 24 hours, they prayed around the clock for you and for me. And it's no wonder you come into church this morning and you think, wow, what happened in worship? Was it the amazing singer? Sure, she's an amazing singer. He's an amazing singer, but nowhere near to the point that it came because there's been a team praying for you and me so that when we come into this place, it would be an open heaven. You'd be able to breathe in the oxygen of heaven. You'd be able to see the possibilities that are before you when you say, I believe. All things are possible to them who believe. I believe God needs my hands. I believe God needs your hands lifted first up to Him in surrendered prayer. But then secondly, you see through this story that as soon as Moses got the command, he he went to Joshua and the Bible says commanded him to go to battle. You cannot command someone to go to battle on your behalf without them being committed in relationship to you. And Joshua's committed in relationship and he directs Joshua to go. And Joshua goes and directs his men to fight and he gets on the battlefield and fights with them. You know what? God doesn't just need your hands up. He needs your hands out in committed relationship. You've got to know that everything we do in this life requires committed relationship. You know, during this season, it's interesting how the handshake has been taken away from us. We're going fist pumps and elbows and you know, airwaves kind of deal. We're all on the airwaves and it means a whole different thing today. But the reality of the handshake is interesting to look at. Have you ever looked at the history of the handshake? It dates back to the 5th century BC in Greece. It was a symbol of peace, showing that neither person was carrying a weapon by shaking hands rather than bowing or curtsying, because men don't curtsy, that's weird. And by the way, there will be no breakdancing from me at the party tonight. Apart from a dance move that I might break a leg, you might call that breakdancing, but it ain't going to happen. But they shook hands rather than bowing or curtsying. Both parties proved they were equals 
and that they felt sufficiently comfortable in each other's presence not to bring weapons. They were committed in relationship. It feels like church to me. We come together, committed relationship, no weapons, no fights, no wars amongst us because we're all fighting the same war together against the same enemy. You cannot go to war on your own. You can't go to war building a church on your own. You need committed relationships, those who are prepared to put their hand out and commit to a journey together. You cannot build a successful business without committed relationships that are all pushing towards the same goal. You can't build a committed team, a growing family without committed relationships. God needs your hands up in surrendered prayer, but He needs them out in committed relationship. It requires committed relationships for us to do what we're doing here in the city. As God builds His church, as God builds your business, as God builds your family, never forget the power of committed relationships. You know, actually the Bible word is covenant, but we understand committed better. Can I put that word in there? Weapons down. Safe place. Come on. Weapons down. We're all equals. It's interesting as you read this story that Moses is equal with Joshua, but Joshua allows himself to be commanded by Moses. Joshua is equal to all those on the battlefield, but all those on the battlefield allow themselves to be commanded to by Joshua. And that's how they win the war. God needs your hands up. He needs your hands out, but He also needs your hands under. We see Aaron and her. They, they put their hands under to support Moses because they still know that even while we've got to go down onto the battlefield and fight the battle in the practical, we've got to do the thing we've got to do. This is not going to work down here if we can't keep this up here where it needs to be. And whilst Moses' hands were up, they won the battle. Exodus 17, 12, when Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him and sat on it. Aaron and her held his hands up, one on one side, one on the other side, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army. Physical support provided spiritual results. And I always find it interesting because I tend to be the Joshua, not the Moses in this story. I tend to be the one that whatever needs to do, we're just gonna, I'm gonna, I'll go on the field and fight the battle. There's others here that tend to be the Moses. I'll just go up to the hill and pray. And, you know, often the, the guys on the hill looking down on those on the field can think things of the guys on the field that aren't so nice. And the, those on the field can think those of those, things of those on the hill that aren't so nice. But the reality is we need to be on the hill and on the battlefield. And we've got to know that we are working together as a team to do what God has called us to do. And this is what God has called us to do, to win the war, to fight the battle and win. Generate after generation, we're supposed to be fighting the war to win. And we need those that are just comfortable, are prepared to put their hands up all day long. We need those who are prepared to go onto the battlefield and fight from morning to night so that practically we can win the battle. And guess what? Every single one of us is important. But put this into your personal life. 
Put this into your personal life for a moment. Don't be hands-on so much that you never got your hands up. Hello, somebody. And don't have your hands up so much that you never get to work and get hands-on. Hello, somebody. But they're in between. Don't forget you've got to reach out in committed relationship if you're really going to be successful and do what God's called you to do. You cannot do it alone. And, and don't get so full of yourself that you can think you're going to be able to do it without hands under someone supporting you along the way. And whether that's financial, whether that's intellectual, whether that's a mentor or a coach, you've got to know this. God needs your hands. Our final Scripture, we'll get there in a minute if I don't skip everything out and just go there now. But, you know, if you read the book of Job, the enemy knew how powerful Job's hands were. When he asked God to take the barrier away, he says, you've blessed him. You've blessed him so much. You've even blessed the work of his hands. There, I've gone. I've skipped. I've gone there. He says, you've even blessed the work of his hands. Other Scriptures say, whatever your hands find to do, do it. So if you find at this point in time, God's asking you to get your hands up, get your hands up. And if you find yourself in that place now where you're surrounded by the responsibility of hands on, don't worry. Keep your hands on because there's someone with their hands up for you making sure that you're going to win the battle. Flip, I think he's preaching okay. You should maybe just receive it. You should be easy to mix this morning. Hands under speaks about physical support providing spiritual results. It speaks about your financial seed of support making a difference in the work of God here and now. Your support makes a huge difference. And then finally, we see hands-on on the battlefield doing the work. Hands-on in the ministry doing the work of healing. Hands-on in the church doing the, the work of bringing others to Christ. Hands-on serving, loving Psalm 110 verse 3, your people shall be volunteers in the day of your power, in the beauties of holiness, in the day of your power, in the beauties of holiness from the womb of the morning, you have the dew of your youth. I love what the New Living says in that same scripture. When you go to war, when you go to war, your people will serve you willingly. Your willing service to God is powerful. The reason why we'll take a night out and put on food and entertainment and have fun to appreciate our volunteers is because we recognise how powerful willing service is. Dutiful service is not so powerful. It's still powerful in a sense if you do it out of duty, but you know what? If you want to click over into the true power zone, do it willingly. You know, there is, I think there's, there's honour in doing it out of duty. There's a certain amount. Just do it because it's my responsibility. There's a certain amount of power in that, but the power really kicks in. It's like the bi-turbo kicks in. It's like the supercharger kicks in. It's like, I don't know, the 5G kicks in when you go into this place of willing. What a privilege it is to serve the Lord. Don't you think? The Bible says in the day of power, when you go to war, your people will serve you willingly. If there's one aspect 
of the culture of this church moving forward that I want us to hold on to is that we do what we do willingly. Here's that verse, Job 1.10, just so that you know it wasn't a misquote. Have you not made a hedge around him, around his household, around all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands and his possessions have increased in the land. I believe God calls us all to willingly offer our hands to him. In surrendered prayer, hands up. In committed relationship, hands out. In supporting the work of God, hands under. And in getting the job done, hands on. I am so thankful for everyone in all of those spaces and places of life. Because without people that understand that God needs our hands... I was thinking about this, that my first thought was God's power is in my hands. And I dwelled on that for a couple of days. I went, "Mm, nah, no, not really. Because I I know there's many days I look at my hands and go, there's no power there. It's like no connection. And there's other times where I go, oh, my gosh, the power of God is there in my hands. God needs my hands first up before I go on. When I put my hands up, I make a connection with the power of God. Don't make this too mystical. When I consistently go back to God in prayer and say, God, I need you today. God, what's the direction today? God, what's the command today? Out of that flows everything else. It'll be true for you and your family. It'll be true for you in your career. It'll be true for you in whatever you endeavour to do before God. He needs your hands. Can I pray with you now? Father, thank you that you, God, said that when we hear your word, it's fundamental that we would mix what we hear with faith. God, I'm praying today that everyone listening to this word here in this room and our online community right now, that, Father, you would allow visions, dreams, specific instructions and directions to be given to your people so that we can continue to keep our hands up before you in surrendered prayer, to keep reaching out in committed relationship, to continue to support your work in all of the ways that we can in prayer, in serving, in giving, in all that you supply, that we would be there to support what you specifically desire to do. And God, that we wouldn't move away from doing the practical things that you've called us to do with our hands, that we would work with our hands and not find ourselves meddling in other people's lives but stay busy with our hands that we as men, as we gather in places of worship, would lift holy hands to heaven, that our lives would be set apart and consecrated so that you could use us in a way that is powerful. God, today, we want to thank you for all that you've done, all that you're doing. But God, we're asking you 
beyond our own imagination, beyond our own desires. We're asking you to do more in the days ahead than you've ever done before. God, may the end glory be greater than the former glory. We're not looking back to the good old days. We're looking forward to the best days ahead. In Jesus' name, amen. This is the end of the podcast. For more information about C3 Rockingham, please visit www.c3r.org.au or call us on 9524 5055.